You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I have a message on my heart to share with you tonight and ran it by a pastor on Sunday, and uh, he seemed very good with that, so we'll go that direction. And uh, if you would, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to look at it in the Amplified uh, Version. And it says his, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. And this is God's part of uh, this verse, uh, that we were born anew. So this is, he created us and he made us his handiwork. He made us his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to says that we may do Those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us. Taking paths that he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life. Anybody want to live the good life? Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And some important words to point out in this particular version of this, it says... Uh, that he, one, that God's own handiwork, we're his handiwork, we're his workmanship. And then it goes on to say that um, the word predestined, planned beforehand, taken paths which he prepared ahead of time, prearranged. So before we were born, before we were in our mother's womb, God had some things planned for us. He had some things that were prearranged for us. He had some things that were predestined for us, uh, planned beforehand. And so he has a path for us to walk. He has a path for us to go on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was um, probably about 10 or 20 years ago, everybody was looking for purpose and why am I born and, you know, why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing? Well, right here in this verse, you were created for his workmanship. <laughs> Right here, you were created for, for his handiwork, and you were predestined to do good works. Not do works to get born again or be recreated, but you're recreated to do good works. Yeah. Amen? And God has some things that he's planned for us. You know, nothing trumps the will of God. Amen. There is a plan that God has for us, and he has for our lives. You know, I just recently I was in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, visiting some friends one of my friends uh, that I used to go to church with, it was her birthday. And uh, uh, three of us were hanging out and, uh, most of the day and everything. And at, towards the end of the day, uh, one of them said, why don't you just quit your job and move up here? <laughs> and we could just hang out all the time. And I said, you know, that's not my decision. And, uh, and she said, oh, you know, just kind of. And I said, I am not my own. And so I said, so if I do that, when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, I said, when he calls my name, I'm going to have him talk to you. <laughs> Is that okay? And she said, no, 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 I'm not getting in all that. I'm not getting in all of that. But we don't get to decide what we do with our life. There's a predetermined plan that God has for us. You know, and, uh, and people take this and say, well, God's already decided who's going to get saved. Yeah, he decided that the whole world, 
through Jesus' blood, that name we just sang about tonight, that everyone that comes to him that gets born again, he's, you, know, you have the opportunity to get born again. Not that he selected certain few, but for all of us, he's predestined and he has a plan for our lives. And that, you know, nothing else on this world is going to satisfy you in Ecclesiastes. Uh, guys, put it in Ecclesiastes 3.11, I believe it is. Getting a little ahead of myself. And do it in the Amplified. Classic. It's not enough that it was Amplified. You have to do the classic. He has made every There it is. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose, working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. So he's in divinely implanted something in us and that uh, money can't satisfy, your career can't satisfy, relationship can't satisfy, um, having a house full of children can't satisfy, having, you know, five husbands can't satisfy, whatever it is, nothing else on this world is going to satisfy you more than the will of God, Amen. the plan of God. No matter what you think or gravitate towards, uh, you know, your vacation or your car that you want to drive, your house you want to live in. And once you get in it, you got there's something else. And what you're trying to feel is that God-sized hole on the inside of you that is the plan of God. Amen. That divinely implanted sense of purpose that nothing but God alone will satisfy. Amen. Hallelujah. And people all over this planet is trying to fill it with alcohol. They're trying to fill it with illicit sex. They're trying to fill it with drugs. They're trying to fill it with career. They're trying to fill it with everything. But it'll never satisfy them until they get in the plan and purpose of God. For none of us. Hallelujah. And a lot of times the discontentment that we feel on the inside, the angst, the, you know, I just am not satisfied with something. And then you start criticizing somebody else and what they're doing and you're not doing right. And because you don't want to focus on yourself, let's find what's wrong with everybody else in the world. But it's coming out of that dissatisfaction, that discontentment of you not finding the will of God. And it's on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been, uh, have been prayed this out years ago, but we've been praying on around these things here lately. And this term keeps coming up and it says, uh, God's plans transcend the plans of man. God's plans transcends the plans of man. So no matter what you've had planned out for your life, and that's why, you know, pastor, you've heard them say this. You don't tell your kids what they're going to be. You help them discover who they are. Amen. Right? Amen. Because that plan is divinely implanted in them. And you help them discover that. So God's plans transcend or go over or higher than the plans of man. Than the plans that we've made for ourselves. God's plan is greater. God's plans trumps our plans, so to speak. Hallelujah. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. You're very familiar with this one. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, and I can do this in the King James, um, in New King James, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And the King James says, expected in. God has an expected end for us. Amen. There's a place that he wants us to arrive. He has an expected end somewhere he wants us to arrive. But if we decide to take a different path, if we decide to go a different way, we're not going to get to that end that he had planned for us. He is predestined beforehand, planned beforehand. And he's prepared some things for us on the path. Yeah. 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 Amen. And so some things, you know, I, I think I mentioned this several year, uh, weeks ago that uh, Pastor Robert and I went to a conference out in Oklahoma. And as we're coming back through Memphis, on the east side of Memphis, if you don't pay attention to where you're going, you end up in a, a different part of Mississippi. And so on the non-con parkway there, he and I were just talking, just talking, just talking, and I missed a turn to get us to Huntsville. And we ended up somewhere in a little small town, and, and it was dark and everything. We're like, we stopped at a gas station. We, we can't get out here. And things, so when you get off the path, you don't arrive where God intended you. Amen? So we want to stay on his path. And the path of God is not automatic. Just because he has a plan doesn't mean that we're going to walk out that plan. It's for our discovery. It's for us to pray out. In Matthew 6, 9, I think it is, it says, this is the prayer, the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he says to pray that the will of God in heaven be done on earth. Why? Because the will of God is not being done on the earth. So when we pray, it gives God access for his plan and his purpose to be done on the earth. And that's for our own individual lives. Just because he has a, plan, a predestined plan beforehand for us doesn't mean that we walk it out. It has to be prayed out. It has to be discovered. And in the praying out and in the availing ourselves to the spirit of God, prayer is needed in order for us to know what that plan is. And you know, the devil's not just going to let you just walk out the plan of God. You know, those are some good people down there at Cornerstone. I think I'll just leave them alone and let them work out the plan of God and pummel my kingdom. I'm just going to sit back and fold my arms and let them do that. Do you think he's going to do that? Once you even find out that you have a plan, he's going to try to conceal it. He's going to try to do everything he can to keep you off that plan. And it's important for us to hear from God. It's important for us to know exactly what that is, what his plan is. And it's not automatic pilot. God, I know you have a plan for me. I just thank you that it's going to come to pass and that be it. No, we have to pray out his plan. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, we have these GPSs these days in our cars or on our phone. And just recently I got back, came back from uh, vacation. And on my way back, uh, I know a little ways from where I was staying uh, to drive, but then I needed my GPS to help me to get to the interstate. And so you're coming through all these little small towns and everything, and, uh, and there's a path or <laughs> there's places that you can end up where I could end up in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? 
And uh, so your GPS, your global positioning system in your car helps you get to your destination. Well, we have a global or a God positioning system on the inside of us that helps us. And when we get off the plan, that discontentment, that dissatisfaction on the inside of us is the, is the serious saying, recalculating, recalculating to get you back on the plan. Something is off. Something's not quite right here. Let's get back on the plan. And years ago, I was headed to vacation and I was talking to Gail on the phone. And so uh, this area, this path that I was taking, uh, it told me to turn left. And if I turned left, there was a wall there. And so I went, well, I can't turn that way. So I went down and turned back around. And then it told me to turn right, which was this way. And I I kept running into this wall. And so I'm talking to her on the phone and I'm yelling at the GPS thing (laughs) on the phone. And she's got, I'm getting off of here and let you do. I'll let you and Siri work it out. You can call me later. And, uh, and then, uh, when I, I just stopped and, uh, and tried to put the address in again. And then it, it took me a, a, a different way than to the, uh, the condo that I was going to. And uh, so there's a divinely implanted sense of purpose, a positioning on the inside of us that God has given us to get us to our destination where he wants us to be. And, um, <clears throat> and we're constantly, <laughs> like I was with that, fine-tuning and getting ourselves back to where we need to be with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn to uh, John 13. John 13, verse 1. And uh, pastors and the staff have been praying. Well, uh, we uh, spent some time several days here in January praying. And uh, we've done this for several years And the Lord has us do that because we get together and we pray out the year ahead. And uh, sometimes it's praying for specific people or uh, groups of people, uh, for the church in general, for what God has for us for the upcoming year. And so we got together and we started doing that. And these are some of the scriptures that uh, Pastor gave us. And so I wanted to give them to you tonight and as we talk about this. So uh, here in John 13, verse 1, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, now, before the Passover began, Jesus knew, uh, was fully aware that the time had come for him to leave this world and return to the Father. And as he had loved those who were his own in the world, he loved them to the last and to the highest degree. So one of the, uh, Jesus, this is the beginning of the discourse in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And this is the last thing that Jesus is talking to them about before he leaves the earth. And how many of you know the last thing that somebody tells you when they're going on a journey or they're leaving you is the most important thing? Hallelujah. And so he's talking to them about this. And so let's look at John 16, 13. And again, we're going to look at it in the Amplified. So these are things that Jesus are talking to his disciples about before he leaves the planet. And, uh, and then in this discourse, he's also telling them that he's going to go away and that it was necessary for him to go away so that the comforter would come. 
so that the Holy Ghost would come and that he will be their comforter. He will be our advocate, a strengthener, standby, paraclete, all those things to help us, intercessor, to help us along the way. So this is what he's saying here in John 16, 13. But when he, the Holy Spirit that he's been talking about, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the, the whole full truth, for he will not speak on his own message, on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, and he will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. So Jesus said that it was necessary for him to go away, expedient for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit could come and that he will announce and declare unto us things that are happening out in the future. Then verse 14, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive of, and it's important to note here, the Holy Ghost has not come to do his own thing. He's coming to take of and receive of, draw upon what is Jesus, what is mine, Jesus is saying, and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that the, Holy, that the Spirit, He the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose and transmit it to you. A few years ago, um, uh, I was reading in the Gospels, and I believe it's in Matthew. We'll look here in just a second. But as I was reading it, it says uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples about parables. And he, uh, he said that he taught in parables because things were a mystery to those who were without. But he said to his disciples, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So those that are without, so those out there in the world who don't know Jesus, it's a mystery. And don't let them dictate to you what you need to do with your life because it's a mystery. They don't know. That means they don't know. That's right. Amen. But it's been given to us to know. Because we're part of the kingdom. Anybody in here a part of the kingdom? So the mysteries of the kingdom are for us to know. He's not hiding them from us. He's hiding them for us. And so when he would teach in a general sense to the, uh, to the masses, he'd teach in parables. But when he met with the disciples alone, he would disclose and open it up to them so they would have more understanding and would be able to walk in it. And so that's what he's wanting us to know, to receive, to transmit. He wants the Holy Spirit to declare to us the things that we need to know. Let's go uh, to John 16, 7. Should probably read this before. But he said, nevertheless, I tell you the, the truth. It is expedient. And the definition of that means it is good, helpful, profitable, and one translation says, to your advantage. So it's to our advantage that the Holy Spirit come. It's our, to our advantage that he reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit things to us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. 
<clears throat> for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So the Greek definition of that word, uh, it means mysterion or is mysterion. And it means a secret of mystery, a hidden thing, something that was hidden being revealed. Something unknown being made known. A hidden secret, not obvious to the understanding. A hidden purpose or counsel. And the Amplified is he utters secret truths and hidden things. So those of us that are uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, is telling us here in this verse, in verse 14 too, that when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking to men. Again, there's a mystery there. And they don't know what you're saying, but you're speaking hidden truths, hidden things, and secret truths to God about your life. Hallelujah. So, um, so when a person is talking in tongues, they are speaking divine secrets supernaturally. So if there's things that we don't know about our life, Speaking in other tongues, praying in other tongues, starts praying out the mystery. And even though it may not be necessarily known, and the, the word tells us that when we pray, that we are prayed to also interpret what we pray. But it may not, you may start out just praying in tongues. And you may not know what you're praying out. But you're praying out a mystery. You're praying out secret things hidden truths about your life, about your family, about your job, about your future. And God gave us this. This is another weapon that he gave us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. And you guys are familiar with this one. Uh, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. And you can pray this for Father, I thank you that as I pray, I have a spirit of wisdom, a revelation uh, about my career. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation about my kids. I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation about my job. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation about how to balance my checkbook. (laughs) We like to push it off to the mysterious things. But just in your everyday life, Father, I thank you that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation of how to drive this car. I think you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation on how to sing this song. I think you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in whatever it is that you're needing to know about. Verse 18. uh, By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you may can you so that you can know and understand. There may be things about your life that you don't know and that you don't understand. But right here it says that your eyes can be flooded with light so that you can know and that you can understand. And what you know and what you understand, you can walk in. Those paths that he's taken for us, that he pre-planned beforehand, that we might walk in them. When we know what to do, when we understand what to do. Don't you know that uh, if you're going to the mall, if you're going to Dillard's, And there's a path that you've taken. 
you know how to get to dealers. Amen. You can walk it with confidence. You're trying to get to uh, some obscure place in the mall. You're going to find the map to try to figure out how to get there or ask someone along the way. But when you know and when you understand, you have confidence to walk that path of what you know. And it, even if we've not walked out the path ourselves, guess who's been there before? The Holy Ghost. He's helping us. Amen. Don't go that way. Go this way. Stay here for a minute. Don't, don't leave right now. Stay here. Wait an hour before you leave. He's taking those paths. He knows out ahead of time those things that are on our path. Amen. Glory to God. And then when we don't know what to pray for as we are, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. A weakness is, I don't know. A weakness is, I don't know where to put my foot next. A weakness is, I don't know what to do about my kids. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And again, this is the Holy Spirit helping us. Aren't we glad we have a helper? Amen. Jesus didn't leave and said, just fend for yourselves down there. I'm coming back someday. Y'all just do the best you can until I get back. No, he gave us a helper. Yeah. Hallelujah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, <laughs> the Spirit himself makes intercession. So when we don't know, our helper is making intercession for us. Hallelujah. And not only that, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you think you don't have somebody praying for you, you got two people you know that are praying for you. That's Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You may not feel like it. Don't matter that you don't feel like it. They're praying. Hallelujah. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. Anybody in here a saint? You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? According to the will of God. So he's ever trying to get us in the will of God, to walk out the will of God. So much so, he's like, I know you don't know. But I'm sending you a helper. I'm going to send you a GPS guide to help you. And that's one of his names is guide to help us along the way. Glory to God. So I read uh, in John 16, 7 that uh, it was an advantage for the Holy Spirit to come. It's an advantage that he shows us things about our life personally. It's an advantage. Uh, Years ago, um, graduated from Bible school, went back to Nashville and um, didn't quite know exactly what to do. Like all smart Bible school students, you come back and you know everything. And you're going to tell your pastor how to rearrange his church and, you know, according to where you just graduated from and all of that. And so um, I didn't know what this next step was. So uh, I just got involved in the church and to make a long story short, three years went by and I was praying uh, 
at home one night in my apartment and the Lord said, you're going to be the next prayer and missions director at Victory Fellowship Church. And I said, uh, Lord, there is, there's already a, a prayer and missions director. He said, I said the next. And I went, okay. So I didn't even get it then. He was telling me, he was revealing, I didn't even get it. And so, uh, and uh, he said, I don't want you to tell anybody right now. I just want you to pray on it. And so I kept it secret and didn't tell anybody. And then, uh, so this was about in April of that year of 1996. In November of that, uh, October of that year, I get a phone call from the pastor's son. And he said, um, he said, uh, mom and dad and I want to talk to you. Can you come to church early tonight? So when I get there, I go to the pastor's office. And he said, we want to talk to you about being the next prayer and missions director of, of uh, Victory Fellowship. And I said, okay. And he said, well, do you need to pray about it? I said, no, sir, I've already prayed about it. And, uh, and so he said, okay, it's a deal. And his son was leaving to go to the mission field. And so I stayed on, on staff there at that church for six years. And they started making some changes and what have you and uh, basically eliminated my position. And so I knew that changes were happening and that kind of thing. And the Lord started dealing with my heart to move to Huntsville. And I had lived here before because I went to uh, Alabama, graduated from Alabama A&M. And uh, <clears throat> so Alabama itself is home. And I didn't want to come back to Alabama. <laughs> and, uh, but the Lord just kept dinging me about it in prayer. And so I said, Lord, if you're moving me back to Huntsville, that means you have a pastor there for me. You're not just moving me back there. You have a place for me to plant so that I can continue to grow in the things of God, that I can continue to flourish in the things of God. And so, Father, I just ask you to show me who my pastor is because the, the word of God says that he didn't give us a church. He didn't promise us a church. He promised us a pastor. And I said, so if you're moving me there, you have a pastor there for me. And so in a time of prayer, the Lord showed me Pastor Mark's face while I was praying. So I said, okay, if that's you, I'm going to go down and scout out the land. I'm going to be Joshua and Caleb. And so Thanksgiving weekend of uh, t uh, 20, 2001, I came down and uh, came to church on Sunday and prayed. And uh, God did some things through pastor to minister and confirm that that was right and all of that. And so in January 2002, I moved to Huntsville. So just in my personal life, in places where I didn't know, I prayed until I knew. That's right. Amen. Good. Hallelujah. I moved down here, didn't have a job, and, uh, but I knew that this was the will of God. And so I knew in the will of God, he's going to find a way for me to you know, make money or take care of my life and that kind of thing. And so that year I did some traveling uh, ministry and different things like that. And um, I guess it was September, October of that same year, uh, Pastor and uh, Pastor Robert were getting ready to go to Brazil and he wanted me to sub one of his classes. So I'm sitting in his class and he said, uh, Mark and Verna are getting ready to leave to go to the Philippines. And when he did, said that, the Holy Ghost said, and you'll take his place. And so I'm thinking, I'm sitting in Bible Institute, I'm thinking, it's Bible Institute. So <laughs> the next day I get a call from Pastor. He said, is the Holy Ghost talking to you about anything? I said, yeah. He said, last night when you said that about Mark and Vernon, he said, you'll take his place. I said, so you want me to teach a class at Bible Institute? 
He said, no, that is not what he was talking about. I went, well, what would it be? <laughs> and it ended up that I came on staff at the church and I took Mark's place on staff uh, here. So, but that came in just praying out the plan and purpose of God. Just knew it and walked into it. So part of our praying out or praying the mysteries, praying those things to be revealed is that when you get to a place, you just know what to do. You just know what to do. Something that might be in the dark and you get there, you go, I just know what to do. And you just walk out the plan and the purpose of God. Amen. But we have, it's not automatic. It's just not on autopilot. We have to pray those things out. God has a prepared, prepared plan. Blah, blah, blah. You're laughing at me. You try saying it. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's to our advantage. There's some things he does to our advantage. Hallelujah. Um, you know, every home that I've purchased, it's just been by walking out some things in, in my heart. I knew uh, because for a while I had been wanting to purchase a home. It took several years and I just knew the season. I just knew when it was right to start. And uh, the Lord directed me and, uh, you know, with the real estate agent that I was working with, too. I just knew. And so um, she and I started looking. I got approved and everything for the first house. And uh, so this was on a Friday. And she said, uh, so where are we going to go look? How many houses are we going to look? I said, look, your pastor has me too busy. And I said, I don't have a whole lot of time to be looking at a whole lot of houses. I said, so we're going to find this house quick. And so we prayed in the car and on Saturday morning, the fourth house I walked into. When I stepped across the threshold of that house, I knew that house was mine. Amen. And God just worked it out. Yeah. Amen. And then so I was in that house and I was praying one day. I was sitting in my office and I was looking up. The, there's a slight incline in my front yard. And I was looking up at the mailbox and I saw a tall man with white hair standing at the mailbox. Just in my, not in the natural, but just a glimpse of this man. And I knew that that person was the next person that was going to buy my house. And so <clears throat> someone was talking to me about they wanted to purchase a home and they th didn't have things quite right in, in their life that they didn't think that they would ever be able to afford. And, and I said, look, I didn't think I ever would. And I said, and the Lord has already shown me who's going to buy my house so I can get in the next house. And I told him it's a tall man with white hair. And so uh, I think I lived in the house three or four years. And so <laughs> uh, went through the process, sold the house, didn't even have to put a sign in the yard or anything like that, sold the house. And so I'm up doing the offering one night on a Wednesday night over at the A-frame. We were in the other building. And I looked at pastor's dad. His mom and dad bought my house. And while I'm up doing the offering, all of a sudden I realized he was the tall man with the white hair that bought my house. We went through the whole process of everything and it never even occurred to me. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, you're the tall man with the white hair of the bottom of my house. And so uh, even the next house, I didn't think I could afford the next house. And I just asked the question. I just said, we went over there, my real estate agent and I went out over and walked the house and prayed through it. And I would go over there several times and look at it. And, uh, and so they were trying to get me to buy a different lot and all of this. And I said, what about this house? And it was the spec house that they were showing. 
So well, what about this house? And he said, you can't afford this house. I said, can you just ask? And he asked and they approved me. And so I was in the house. I don't remember how long now. But in 2018, the Lord started dinging me about selling my house. And so I went, I just painted. I just did all this. I love my house. Why do you want me to sell my house? But I knew I was getting to a point where on the inside I was irritating him by not going forward with it. And so I talked to a real estate agent, and uh, we started the process. And uh, so... Uh, when I met with her, she said, so are you leaving or are we looking for another house? What do we do? I said, I don't know anything except that I'm supposed to sell my house. That's all I know. Well, where are you going? Do we need to find an apartment for you? What are we doing? And, uh, the Lord had put someone on my heart to ask if I could stay with them for a while. And, uh, we agreed upon six months and, um, and that's all I knew. That's all I knew is that I was supposed to sell my house. And so different people were asking, are you moving away or you quitting Cornerstone? What is, what is happening? Like, I'm just selling my house, y'all. That's all I'm doing. So we go through the process and, you know, how things are escalating around here. And I had five offers on my house when we went live on the, the showing and everything. It sold my house. And so I'm living with a family that I had agreed with. And um, Bethany had told me about this area, um, and uh, it's townhouses. And so I, on a lunch, I went by there and drove by there, and I looked at this house. The first house, as I drove in, had a for sale sign in the yard. So I'm looking at it, and I took a picture of it, sent it to my real estate agent, and I said, if I was looking for something, this would be what I would be looking for. And so she said, okay, I'll keep an eye out on something like that. So a couple weeks later, I'm walking across the kitchen floor in the family's house that I'm living with. I'm just living with. And I get a glimpse of that house. The spirit of seeing and knowing. This is in my own personal life. This is not me up ministering or anything. This is John 16, 13. He will show you things to come, things that are in your future. And so I'm walking across the floor and I get a glimpse of that house. And I call her and I said, can you check on that house? She called the real estate agent. He said, it's sold up. They got their money. They got their things, you know, in line. Where all we got to do is go to close. I said, okay, this is on a Saturday. On Monday, I'm sitting at James Clemens graduation. And I get a call from my real estate agent. And she said, I mean, she's just dinging my phone. Texting, calling, texting, calling, texting. I was like, somebody died. Something's going on. So I texted her and said, is everything okay? I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And she said, you're not going to believe this. The people who were buying that house that you looked at, they're wanting to back out of the contract. And she said, and the owners don't want to put it back on the market. So the real estate agent is calling to see if you want to come look at it. I went, yes, I want to come look at it. And so she and I prayed, and I said, when I cross over the threshold of that house, I'll know whether that house is mine or not. And y'all, the things that were in the house that I saw that I thought I was going to have to do upgrades on and all of that kind of stuff in the house were in this house. Hardwood floors. Uh, you know, somebody to take care of my yard. That was the big thing right there. Uh, you know, all the, the crown molding, all of that stuff. 
you know, that I had in my heart that I wanted, I walked in there and there it was. Amen. Amen. And I probably won't ever move ever again in my life. (laughs) But just to let you know, in your personal life, he wants to help you even in those things. He cares about those things because you care about those things in other people's lives. You know, there have been times when, um, the Lord has shown me things for other people's lives to help them uh, in their personal lives. Advantage. We're talking about advantage, that this is an advantage to have the Holy Ghost live on the inside of us. We had a, a couple here uh, several years ago. Uh, they were here for a while, and then the Lord started um, dealing with them to go help this uh, pastor in another state. And in the area that they were going to, it was an area there was high uh, drug dealer, dealer stuff going on, sex trafficking and all of that. And so on a Wednesday at noon prayer, I started praying out the name of that city where they were going, not knowing that they were getting ready to do that. They hadn't told anybody yet. And uh, so she came up to me after the service, after uh, prayer and said, can I take you to lunch? And I said, sure. So we got her to lunch the next day on Friday. Sorry. This is Wednesday that this happened. So I'm praying out that God would yeah, do some things to, you know, uh, cause these drug dealers not to, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to mention the city because <laughs> I want nobody coming after me, praise the Lord. And so, um, so praying out all these things that the law enforcement would intervene and all this kind of stuff. Because the, the residents that were living there didn't feel safe living there because of all this activity going on. So we go to lunch on Friday. On, we're sitting down at Ruby Tuesdays up here on Highway 72. She starts telling me what the city you prayed out on Wednesday is where we're getting ready to move to. And she said, uh, the things that you were praying out, she brought me a newspaper article. It was showing that some of the people that were head of the cartel that was happening in that city had been uh, killed within 24 hours of us praying. And, and, and so, so them going there, it gave her comfort to know that God went ahead and took care of some things because, you know, they were afraid uh, going there, but they knew it was the will of God for them to go. And I just talked to her a few days ago and asked how things were going. And she said, you know, it's been a challenge and a ride, but we know we're right in the middle of the will of God. Amen. So he'll show you things to help people. Uh, you guys may remember this story in the news years ago, and it was the little girl named Kaylee Anthony. Y'all remember when that happened? Uh, her, you know, it was of you know suspicious that her mom had did something uh, regarding her death. Yeah. On Wednesday prayer, I was praying. Pastor was leading prayer that day, and so I'm praying, and I hear myself pray out, "Lord, show them her bones." Lord, show them her bones. This is on Wednesday. On Friday, on the news, turn on the news, and there occurred the big news story. Uh, Someone went up on a utility pole and saw something, went down and found, they found her body in this field. Pray for this little girl and the rest of the family to get some resolve I prayed that, prayed that. I'm thinking, why am I praying that? And it dawned on me, if I'm, they're showing her bones, that means that she's not alive. 9-11. We were praying regarding the presidential election uh, prior to that. And um, 
in January of 2001, the Lord said, don't stop praying. There's something else after this. So we were doing early morning prayer. I was still living in Nashville at the time. And um, a couple mornings here, just, just not even understanding why. But uh, I saw uh, in prayer that more one morning, just saw this area and saw all of these people, different law enforcement agencies. And you know how they have the letters on their back telling what agency they are and stuff. And so I saw all of that and didn't understand what was happening, what was going on. And I couldn't see it clear, but I could see those things. And then one morning we were praying and I saw myself, found myself in the cockpit of an airplane flying over water. Didn't understand. We wrote all this down and everything. And then, of course, September, it happened. So somebody called and said, hey, turn on the news and all of that. So watching all of that, you know, and uh, I get to work that morning and working at the church. And uh, we had a prayer service. And the, and the pastor said in the prayer service, he said, none of us knew anything about this. The Lord didn't show us. And when he said that, I went, that's not right. He did show us. So I went back and looked in the journals. And in, in the journals, it sh we, we wrote down what we knew, but we didn't know what we were writing down. And as things started unfolding, we started seeing that God did have us praying. And so you, just, you might think, well, why didn't he stop it? But it could have been worse than what it was. 3,000 souls went into eternity. It could have been 30,000. And then you start hearing stories about how babies were crying and people were upset, you know, about their, they didn't want to go to daycare that morning or somebody wanted donuts and they went to donuts and they never go get donuts. And God diverted people and kept them out of those buildings and in that area and stuff. Amen. We didn't know exactly, but it was a mystery that we were praying out and God was using us to do those kinds of things. You know, uh, individual life and, you know, praying out for others, that kind of thing. And also praying out for your pastors, praying out the plan of God for this church, praying out, uh, you know, this year as we were praying together, uh, pastor mentioned that there are some things that he can't see. Uh, there's a place and praying for 2022 that he can't see past. Praying out mysteries. It's a mystery. We don't know what that is. He doesn't know what that is. And so we've been asking the Holy Ghost to reveal, to disclose, to declare unto him, uh, unto us, those things that, you know, that are out in the future, things that we need to know so that when they get to a certain place, they'll know what to do. They'll know where to put their foot next. They'll know how to make a decision regarding the church or individuals in the body and that kind of thing by praying out mysteries. And a lot of times we want to know, and, and then it's good to interpret your prayers, but sometimes we interpret it wrongly. Like being in that cockpit or that airplane. I didn't know what that was. I could have, th you know, thought that God wanted me to take airplane lessons. Because you can interpret things wrongly. You just follow the leading of him on the inside and how he's leading you and just leave the interpretation. If he gives it to you, great, wonderful. But if he doesn't, you've been obedient to follow that leading. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We got to wrap it up here. Whoo! Praise the Lord. So praying for them in the year 2022, what they need to know, what we need to know as a church. We're, um, you know, uh, praying for them 
uh, for the vision of the church. Uh, Paul, standing before uh, King Agrippa, he said, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. God has given them a heavenly vision that they're to bring a move of God. They're to bring uh, the glory of God to help bring the glory of God to North Alabama. And so in praying on the plan and praying on what Cornerstone, which is you, by the way, <laughs> us, by the way, and praying on that, how, what does that look like? How does it uh, um, uh, fit in the hearts of our pastors? How do, how do I fit in that plan? If they're to do that, the Lord told him that our, our buildings and our land wasn't it. It was to house it. What is it? A move of God. And so what is, what is my place in that plan? Well, how do I fit in that plan? Not to alter what God told them to do. I come in and I adapt to <laughs> and not bring my own agenda. And I don't like what they're doing. I want them to do it my way. That's not what this is all about. God drew us all here. There's a grace that's upon them that's going to uh, do what God wants them to do. But there's also a grace on them to help us do what God wants us to do. And that's why it's important to find out who your pastor is, because God has put graces and abilities in them to help you do what he's called you to do. That's right. Amen. To help you walk out those pre-planned places what he's prepared ahead of time for you. You're not here by accident. That's right. Amen. Amen. So with that, Isaiah 65 says this. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto them. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. You shall see and flow together. How? By the revelation of knowing, uh, transmitting, declaring, disclosing by the Spirit of God mysteries. We shall see and flow together. As you find, as you pray for them for their part, you'll find your part. I found my part in it. Hallelujah. It will see and flow together. And then it talks about the forces or the abundance of the sea. Very often, sea addresses or talks about the harvest, large groups of people. So as we see and flow together, it'll lead into the abundance of the sea, the harvest that God has called us to. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I've been talking about different things about seeing and knowing. And uh, just here, it's just a little bit. Uh, uh, this, uh, there's a video I want to show you. And some of you know Mar Marty Blackwelder. He came here and ministered a few years ago, I think, for our anniversary, 25th anniversary. And uh, <clears throat> there's some things that he's saying by, about the spirit of seeing and knowing that I want you guys to hear. Because even though it was done years ago, it's very applicable to where we are right now. All right? Praise God forevermore. Well, the Holy Ghost is not done yet. Amen. He doesn't always want to use me. He does, but he doesn't always want to. Who else has got it? Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Kelmari de Bitteros.
It's all right, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Talking about the spirit of seeing and knowing, amen? You know, we've been privileged to be a part of these meetings for the last four years with Brother Hagen, and uh, we're learning a lot of things as, as a result of that. But uh, speaking of, uh, Paul said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, just, I just feel led to add on to that, just, just a little bit. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, I speak not unto men but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit I speak mysteries. I speak secrets. I speak plans. I speak purposes. I speak places to go and people to see and things to do. I speak those things that I don't know with my natural mind, but those things that must be revealed to me by the Holy Ghost. If I speak in an unknown tongue, I speak mysteries. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that God has placed in the heart of man a mystery. He has appointed to the heart of man a mystery. You see, we know, honey, can I have my Bible? We know what the puzzle looks like. It's like getting a jigsaw puzzle, and you can look at the outside of the box, and you can see what the picture looks like, what the finished product is, and yet you open the box, and there are all kind of pieces to that puzzle. And in each one of us, there lies a piece to God's great puzzle to his great plan, to his great purpose. And in our hearts, he has appointed a piece of that puzzle, a part of that mystery. And we will never realize it nor discern it intellectually. It must be revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. And so Paul, speaking of this, in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, I'm not going to take a long time, but I feel prompted to say just this. Paul's speaking of this in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, where he says, Brethren, I came not to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and trembling and fear, and my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now listen, brother and sister. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor the princes of this world which come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard we're talking about the spirit of seeing and knowing. The natural eye will never see it. The natural ear will never hear it. If you're going to see it and you're going to hear it, you're going to have to be in a position to do so. And that position is in the spirit. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, how be it in the spirit. I speak, and when I speak, 
it puts me in a position for whereby the Holy Ghost may reveal to me that which I would never see with my natural eyes or hear with my natural ears. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God has things for you. God has things for me. God has things for his church that we will not know unless it be revealed. And the day in which we live, it must be revealed. We must see it. We must know it. We must hear it in order to fulfill it. You see, if you can see it with your spiritual eyes, you can go after it. If you can conceive it in your heart, you can possess it with your faith. God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. They're not always on the surface. I dare say that within the hearts of so many here, there are things that God has for you to do that you've not yet tapped into. Because you must dig deep. Pray it in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. They're deep within and they must be brought out and prayed out. Listen, verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the spirit of God, even so the things of God knoweth no man save the spirit of God. The Holy Ghost knows the plans of God in these last days. And it is his job and his desire to reveal them unto us. That we may walk in them. That we may do them. Listen. For we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We can know. We can know. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And listen, brother and sister, which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Not in the words that we have learned intellectually. But in the words which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Those are the words which the Holy Ghost give utterance to. That wisdom of God we speak in a mystery. The Lord said, declare a thing that it may be established unto you. As Brother Mac was sharing earlier this evening, a supply of the Spirit and prayer always go together. As we enter into these last days of which we're already in, Brother and sister, if you've ever prayed in the Holy Ghost, pray now. If you've ever spent time investing in prayer, do it now. That you might see and that you might know what God wants you to do. Follow your piece, your part in the script. You know, if you don't know your part, you can't play it. But we're going to know. We're going to see And no, because we're going to give God one thing that he needs. Time.
time, time. If you want something you've never had, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. I've said it so many times, the mere passing of time does not propel you forward in the things of God. It's what you do with the time. What are you doing with your time in these last days? Don't expect progression merely with the passing of time. Move. Pray. Seek. And God will reveal. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And, you know, if we want to know things about our individual lives, if we want to be able to help others, even our family members, if we want to pray out the plan of God for the, our pastors and our church and even the worldwide plan that God has, we have help in doing that with the help of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you stand up? Holy Ghost, we acknowledge you, sir, in all of our ways, and you'll direct our paths. We acknowledge you, Holy Ghost, and you'll direct our paths. We thank you that it is an advantage to have you living on the inside of us so that you will reveal to us about our individual lives. You will reveal uh, things about people that we love and that we care about and that others that we're able to help with those divine cues that you give us on the inside. That we can pray on the plan that you have for this local body and for what you have globally that you're wanting to do in the earth. Holy Ghost, we are yielded to you. Like Pastor Robert was saying on Sunday, we're going to go high in what you're telling us to do in rejoicing and in praise. But we're going to go high so that we could go deep in those things that you've held in reserve for us in this time. And we thank you, Holy Ghost, for transmitting, for declaring, disclosing, and revealing unto us your plan and your purposes for our lives. We don't make our own plans. We don't make our own choice. But Holy Ghost, we walk in what you reveal to us and that you make it very clear. And we just walk out in these last days, hand in hand, walking with you in the plan. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you have an assignment. Amen. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.